Welcome to episode 158 of Sweat Out, Happiness In. We're Lauren and Jason Pack, and we believe that fitness should be for anybody, everybody, and everybody. Let's get into the show. You, what is you up? You drank iced coffee during my <laughs> intro. <laughs> so, so rude. As I was sipping, I was like, I hope this is... <laughs> we can't... <laughs> I hope you can't hear this. <laughs> I mean, maybe you all didn't hear, but just so you know, as soon as Jason was done with his part, he just sipped some iced coffee. I was and like, oh, I nailed that intro. Made a racket. I mean, usually I'm drinking hot coffee. I don't know why I'm drinking iced coffee on a snowy day, but it's kind of a, yeah, just my way of getting some uh, water in from the ice, I guess. Water. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, Anyway, so today we are going to be discussing uh, the closure of our gym. Yeah, big, uh, big day, (laughs) big big, topic. uh, Big topic. Um, You know, I think, I think we kind of this is almost selfishly for us as well, just to kind of talk it all out, just kind Mm -hmm. of uh, relive it a little bit. But this last year, uh, just like everyone else, it was kind of a all of a blur, right? And for us, it was um, there was just a ton going on, and we'll give you a little bit of backstory which will give context into how we ultimately made our decision. Um, But I know we received a ton of questions on Instagram and stuff like that. So we just wanted to just put everything out there. Um, Again, a lot of it is for us, but also uh, for anyone who is interested um, in that sort of thing as well. Yeah, I mean, there may be people listening who are in similar boats because if you own a gym, we know that you've had to think about this, whether you are willing to let yourself get there or whether you're going to get there. That's like totally up to you and obviously your your choice and we're not here to sway you in any direction but I think it's helpful like I always found when I was pregnant with Kendrick I always found um, people's birth stories helpful because it's Mm. just like if you don't have any sort of even understanding of how that all works like it's just nice to hear from other people and to have some sort of um, yeah just some stories to relate to so I think that yeah if you're kind of in this similar boat or if you are a member of a gym who might be in a similar boat just knowing that what the whole team is going through um, could be helpful yeah so to give you a little bit of a snapshot of where we were at before the pandemic hit we were um, we were in a 6,000 square foot facility Um, we had about let's say 240 members or so Mm -hmm. Um, and we've been open for eight years well seven years before seven years before that (laughs) seven years and we had I think at our peak 19 employees yeah so um, you know it was a fairly large operation um, considering that it was just owned and operated by Lauren and myself so it was a fairly large operation and you know it wasn't without struggles before that as well right as any service-based small business owner will tell you it's just tough like it's low margins and it's tough and it's kind of a grind and we have made it to the seven-year mark by just being resilient and by just adapting with whatever kind of life has thrown our way and we kind of had this attitude of we can make it through anything Anything. basically (laughs) and whatever happens it's kind of like a it's kind of like a here, why don't you put up or shut up? Like, why don't you, why don't you like figure this out? I think both of us like the idea of being an underdog. Like we we both have this kind of chip on our shoulder from sports that we play. And like, it just, as athletes, we like to be underestimated and then prove people wrong. And so I think it's like, that has given us our edge in business as well Is just like, let us prove you wrong. Let us show you that despite all X, Y, and Z, we're going to still make it through. Yeah. And that we'll figure it out and all that. And I think, um, yeah, I just wanted to give you a little bit of kind of context into all this because this was not a light decision yeah. that we made. Um, but, you know, we'll take you back to 
the beginning of 2020 and we were we were just all out because we were in the process of renovating our space. Um, we were in the process of completely updating our gym model and it was a, there was a lot of just excitement going on because yeah. we knew that in March 1st we were going to have our grand reopening. We had you know fresh art done on the walls we had copywriters we had graphic designers we had architect like it was like it was a really big project it was we the took biggest out. project we took on since we opened since we opened yeah, yeah exactly um we took on um a really big loan to uh kind of fund these renovations but our thought process was that the future of fitness was kind of trending towards these sorts of like class-based models like we saw soul cycle we saw Barry's um, boot camp Barry's boot camp yeah exactly like these these types of places really kind of taking charge of the fitness industry and we noticed that the strength and conditioning industry was kind of reluctant not only reluctant but kind of talking badly about those sorts of arenas and we were like you know this kind of happened with crossfit a little bit i think strength and conditioning facilities tend to underestimate uh the power of these sorts of movements and we were like you know we kind of underestimated crossfit why don't we just roll with what the universe is kind of telling us right now and in terms of these fitness studios are really doing well. Let's try to future-proof ourselves and kind of move towards that uh, realm. Yeah, right? and what we've always done is putting, like, if we are inspired by something, it doesn't mean that we're going to completely just forget everything that we believe in and everything that we know and just go open a Barry's boot camp. Like, we were like, okay, what are all the great things that are happening in these facilities? Why are there packed classes? Yeah. Like, why is all this happening? And how can we bring what makes Achieve special into that type of setting. So actually, um, I went to like every different type of class around the city. I went yeah. with, I took uh, some of our coaches and we went to Barry's Bootcamp. We went to um, a spin class. We went to a bunch of spin classes. We just took a bunch of different classes around the city to try to figure out like, what is it that they're bringing? What is it that's pulling people in? And how can we apply the strength training knowledge that we have to this sort of setting yeah yeah i think you had a lot of fun with that especially with the team too it was a cool bonding experience to just be like you know let's take all the advantages that they offer and then also let's take all the great things that we're already doing so well and just meld them together and we're really excited uh, about the the product overall and then um yeah i guess on march 1st everything was finished we got all the new equipment in we got all the paint on the walls we got all of our systems and checklists yeah, we in developed place the class that we were going to be that was going to be our yeah, the curriculum signature class yeah um playlists like everything every detail was mapped out to a t uh from lauren and the team and we were just really excited yeah. and we had a grand reopening we had four classes on that day it was kind of like an open house type of situation as well it was packed every class was filled the the energy was just incredible yeah right yeah and as all of you know, two weeks later, we ended up closing, <laughs> which is super sad. And it was actually a really tough decision even before there was a state mandate, right? Because yeah. um, a couple of days before that state mandate, we actually decided to voluntarily close because uh, just for the safety of our members, our 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 employees, as well as the community around us. Yeah, right? we're lucky to have a lot of friends in the health um, field. So I have uh, all of my best friends happen to be nurses and I was talking to some of them and they were like, this is more serious than people are thinking that it is. And we yeah. really shouldn't be gathering like probably. And I would, I asked, I was like, should the gym be open? And they all kind of didn't want to make me feel bad, but they were like, probably <laughs> not. And so yeah. we took that seriously and took it to heart and we closed down just a few days before Massachusetts ended up, um, mandating it. Yeah. 
And so that was around March 15th. It was March 15th because it was about to be my mom's birthday. Um, I would say, I think it was the day before we closed, our fitness director, Sarah, um, who I'm sure many of you follow, asked us what would happen if we had to close down (laughs) for a little bit. And, you know, I'm usually pretty, like, optimistic, but I was like, we would we would shut down almost instantaneously. <laughs> it's like yeah. we just wouldn't be able to keep up with the operating expenses because uh, we are a service-based business. And if we can't fulfill the service, then all of a sudden our business is no longer viable, right? right? And um, I think I was a little bit kind of uh, pessimistic in that moment. <laughs> um, and I underestimated how quickly, if you get a group of people together, how quickly a solution can emerge from all that kind of creative juices and collaboration right and so what we ended up doing was we kind of went virtual overnight and i've heard so many really cool stories from all different sorts of industries about this um you know i think most notably the school industry um they've just completely went virtual overnight with all the students and all the logistics Um, i don't know like how they even managed to do that but we also did it on our kind of smaller scale as well with our members and you know it was a it was definitely a big undertaking and a lot of uh sleepless nights but we eventually got it done but we had to start doing our classes virtually we had to get all of our individualized programs onto a um our true coach platform we had to buy mics and webcams and create all new sorts of checklists and systems to how to operate classes on Zoom and make sure that they're all systemized across the board so that everyone is getting the same experience. And we created a at-home version of Rise so that our Rise members whose gyms closed down, we were able to continue to offer them workouts. Yeah, and actually that's something we did a little earlier because we had members of Rise in China and that's in true. Singapore and Norway, in places where yeah. they were starting to be really hit and be in lockdowns, Italy. And so those people started saying, hey, my gym's closing. Like, I want to keep, I don't want to just quit Rise. And so we were yeah. like, oh man, we have to get ahead of this. So we had actually started putting together a bodyweight program a, like maybe a three, two to three weeks before we shut down. Yeah. So then we were able to adapt <clears throat> that for everyone because all of a sudden we were like oh everyone's gonna need this (laughs) so we started to be able to shift people over to that if they needed to yeah and you i mean you had that foresight it was i remember it was it was like a thursday or something and you just you were like so many people's gyms are shutting down like we 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 need to do something about it and i was like ah let's just kind of wait and see how it works out and you really pushed for it and we ended up making the program and filming all the exercises and shooting an intro video that day and it was obviously a really good good move to at least set us up um, before all this happened. So that was good. Um, but yeah, our main thought process was just make it for two weeks. Make it for two weeks. We'll yeah. make it to the end of the month in April. And we'll just start back up again. We'll have our classes up and running. We'll have our in-person services up and running. Just make it for two weeks. And let's just try to get by. Yeah. So the initial, like, the initial state-mandated closure was a two-week lockdown the whole thing was flatten the curve and you know as soon as the curve flattens out we'll we'll be open back up so i know my initial email i remember reading back a couple months ago the initial email we sent out to members when we decided to close was we hope to see you on march 28th (laughs) (laughs) like we look forward to having you back in the gym so we absolutely just thought this was a two-week period where we needed to hustle and we could make it through and i think everyone remembers at that time period every like couple of hours let alone every day was just it brought something new we, yeah. we got more information we got more information from the government and the state and it felt like every couple of hours there was like some massive breaking news and we were all just kind of basically at the edge of our seats um and i think 
once it got to April, we were like, oh no, like this is this could be a little bit longer. Like w- this could even happen until midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, how are we possibly going to make it till midsummer? And um, again, we tried to rally together with the team, just try to figure out solutions. Um, Laura and I again had many sleepless nights because we also had our son home with us the whole time as well. And yeah. I know a lot of you parents out there who were working full-time jobs and also raising kids at home this this it was nearly impossible right oh my god especially i think it was actually very helpful for us that we happened to be working in the same business because if we were working independently i mean we would have had to work non-stop because we wouldn't be able to have any concentrated dedicated period of time but since we were both working on basically the same project we can kind of just hand off right (laughs) hand off every few hours like okay you go you go and it like obviously wasn't ideal but um but still we got a lot more time with kendrick which was really cool um especially during those early years um but that was that was certainly a challenge that was a challenge i remember seeing there was like all these memes about how there was going to be like the pandemic baby boom and then i remember seeing a meme i think it was from scary mommy and it was like the only like only first time parents are going to have it's only going to be a baby boom for first time parents because anyone who already has kids is not trying to have another kid right now like we're all dying (laughs) Uh, and i remember like our like Highest productivity moment was the moment that Kendrick went down for his one nap for the yes. day, right? And, I mean, we pulled out all the stops. We had our blackout curtains. I, like, no shame. We just put painter's tape on each edge of the blackout <laughs> curtains to make them black out even more because the edges were leaking a little bit of sunlight. We had the white noise machine. And then we knew that at certain points we'd have to be filming, whether it was Instagram content or it was uh, some of the courses that we were putting up or our virtual classes. So we stuffed a blanket underneath the doorway so that we can block out sound and then not only that we <laughs> we draped the blanket over the door frame and then closed the door with the blanket still on top so that it would act as this sort of like deadening sound barrier <laughs> so that basically no sound would come in or out and we just went to town in that sort of hour and a half time frame yeah and uh yeah it's like it's like funny now but it, it was it was stressful before that <laughs> but at any rate um during this time when we were trying to just figure things out until the midsummer, um, we just started going ballistic with <laughs> all these sorts of uh, products we were basically trying to create, right? And I think one of the, the ones that um, Lauren definitely remembers the most is teaching four live virtual classes to 40 plus people per week yeah. for about two to three months or so. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, like I was doing the classes with the group because that was sort of like the what I thought like the online virtual class like needed to be. Um, and I like, it wasn't until like three months in that I was like, Oh my God, like my calves are burning. My feet hurt. Cause I was doing them barefoot. Cause I was on my, in my living room. So I just didn't like, I don't know. I, w- I feel like I wasn't taking the, the impact of the workouts on myself very seriously yeah. until I started to feel like I was completely broken down. Cause a lot of them, you know, everybody, we were teaching these for people who were at home who probably hadn't had the chance yet to get equipment. And so it was all body weight. So it pretty much had to be mostly high intensity. There was a lot of jumping. There was a lot of things to like make it challenging enough for people. Um, And yeah, I was just like, it was so much fun at the beginning. I was loving it. I was getting to meet people who we would never have been able to connect with otherwise. And, you know, everyone was looking for ways to work out that 
were not at a gym. And so this was, it was such a cool experience. Um, but it was also, I was teaching them either during Kendrick's nap or after Kendrick went to bed. Um, so our times were like so random. We, so we did either 1 p.m. <clears throat> or uh, 7.30 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, we just had to make it work with what we had. So Yeah. And then at some point <clears throat> throughout that process, we decided to create a, a couple products, um, which I'm sure many of you know, Explore, which is our mobility workshop, which is kind of like a follow along mobility, I guess, tutorial or course or so. Yeah. Um, and then we also created a kettlebell intensive called Power and Flow, which went over the kettlebell swing and the Turkish getup. And so, again, we filmed those. We'll, we filmed Explore when Kendrick was napping. And then we filmed Power and Flow when your mom took... Kendrick on Thursdays, right? So yeah, took- over the summer, we finally let my parents into our bubble. It yes, was a long yeah. time. My mom was dying the entire <laughs> time. We, we, weren't, it, we weren't seeing them, but I was just, you know, I really wanted to play it safe. But because we weren't seeing anybody else, and my mom wasn't seeing anybody else, we had her start to take Kendrick once a, once a week. Yeah, and yeah, I remember you would have to drive, you know, 30 minutes to go meet her and then drive 30 minutes back. And during that time, I was setting up the camera. I was yeah. moving all of her furniture. I was setting up the lights. I was duct taping lights to the wall, just <laughs> trying to make it look somewhat professional. In and, our living room. Yeah. <laughs> of our small apartment. <laughs> so we did that. And then we started to uh, create our on-demand uh, workouts because uh, we realized that people really liked the on-demand nature and they couldn't make necessarily the times that we were offering with our live virtual classes. Yeah. So instead of only offering live classes, we started filming and recording our on-demand workouts. Um, and then all, while all that was going on, we were trying to figure out what to even do with the gym when we were allowed to open. Yeah. Right? So right now what our members were currently doing was they were – what we had um, – basically said everyone was on a contract of some sort at the beginning of all this and so what we had said in the beginning was if you're 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 able to keep your job and you're able to continue on like we're going to move everything virtual and we kept pretty much the same services but without the gym access so people were still getting a program they were still getting live classes um and they had all of that built in so anybody who was able to stayed on their membership and of course you know people in the restaurant industry and certain people were like I lost my job and so we were letting people out of their contracts if they needed it um but at this point we still had a like at least a fairly consistent um like understanding of what our income was going to look like because people were paying monthly fees monthly dues basically yeah um but then when we were trying to when it was becoming clear that we were probably going to be able to reopen but in a like modified capacity we had to try to figure out how we could make that work because our previous model was this three-on-one um semi-private training model so three members to one coach but each of the members was doing their own individualized program so they might be all three of those members might be kind of scattered throughout the gym and the coach would bounce from one person to the next and kind of it just was not a very organized fashion. And when we were trying to picture what that would look like with social distancing and with making sure people weren't crossing paths with each other, we were like, this is just not going to work. It's not going like, to work. This model yeah. will not work. No matter how much tape we have on the floor, no matter <laughs> yeah. how much signage we have, it's just, it just wouldn't work. Like, it's tough enough in a grocery store. If we store. had done it, if we had done it, we wouldn't have felt good about it. Like we wouldn't have felt That's like true. it was the safest possible way to approach it. And our biggest thing throughout this whole time was the safety of our members and the security of our team. Like those were the yeah. two things we were always thinking about. Um, so we had to figure out while we were kind of adding all of these elements in because we were losing, you know, we we're losing income 
because of people needing to cancel, which we totally understood, we needed to add Explore, Power and Flow, live classes, on demand. But then we also needed to think about, okay, the gym is going to open at some point, but how do we make that safe as well? Yeah. So that was a that was a big undertaking as well, trying to figure out, okay, how do we uproot this entire model that we've had for the last seven years and make it so that it's COVID friendly but also going to be a viable business strategy moving forward because we don't want to just uproot everything and have it be a short-term thing, But which is funny now that we're still, we're in almost in February and we're in the same yeah, boat. Yeah. Um, but we kept thinking, because everything kept being so short-term, that we kept thinking, okay, well, this will just be for, you know, this will just be for a couple months. Yeah, yeah. So we eventually came up with... Uh, what we called our SGT model, model, our small group training model, um, which is basically six, or it doesn't have to be six, but for us it was six, uh, individual pods where everyone had access to their own squat rack, barbell, dumbbells, kettlebells, bands, basically anything that you would need for a training session, you would have in your own uh, nine foot by nine foot uh, pod. Which or, is kind of funny because it's sort of what we created for our grand reopening. We yeah. created the classes that we created were it, we called them pods, which is really funny because when everybody started calling them pods for the pandemic, we were so pissed. We were like, we started calling our things pods <laughs> in January. But anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> but we set up pods, which were a whole squat rack. But instead of it being like a squat rack to do squats on, it was it had all these different attachments. So it had an angled barbell and it had a cable machine and it had a pull-up bar. And then there were dumbbells and kettlebells. And basically you worked in a four-person pod squad (laughs) and you would go through like a circuit but you had everything you never had to move around the space really like you had everything in your own little section so it really did help us to envision what it could look like on a bigger like level in terms of having every type of movement available to you which is what we wanted to do we wanted people to be able to olympic lift or squat or deadlift and all that kind of stuff yeah i think the the easiest thing that we could have done was delineated spaces on the floor and just put some kettlebells and dumbbells but ultimately, we knew that our members like to strength train. They like to hold yeah. barbells and they like to utilize, you know, heavier uh, weights because yeah. they've probably been either doing body weight or only kettlebells and dumbbells at home. So it's like, why would they come into the gym yeah. at that point? Yeah. So we wanted to outfit it out, you know, as as strength training friendly as possible. So that's what we ended up uh, doing. Uh, again, that was a massive undertaking as well because because we had to plan it. We had to. Uh, um, figure out a, uh, a program that made sense in that model. We had to tell everyone the different checklists that they had to follow, the different playlists, uh, rearrange the gym. Like There was all these sorts of details that went along with trying to figure out how to open safely in a productive way. And I think the other big piece of all this was breaking the news to our members who have been used to this model for seven years that it was about to change, right? Yes. Yeah, that was, so what we ended up doing, it was so hard and we were trying to figure out how to do it. And the best way we could think of was to hold a like virtual seminar. So we actually yeah. invited all of our members to a Zoom meeting and we just talked them through the rationale behind our decision-making, why things needed to change, how it was going to look, um, and kind of let people ask us questions and go from there. Yeah, and at that point, you know, I would say 80% of our members were staying on with us and yeah. just being rock stars, just doing everything virtually, just being so adaptable. Yeah. Um, but we're also just feeling guilty as well. It was like, you know, we know that this is the best possible fitness solution that they could be in right now, but we also know that 
they don't have access to the gym and it's also not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. And so we were kind of, um, you know, we were, we were struggling with that. And so we were like, you know, at this point, things are probably going to be back to normal by the fall. Let's let's just have this be just kind of a fresh start for everyone. We don't want anyone to feel guilty for leaving. Let's just leave it all out yeah. there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we opened it up to basically, we basically said, and oh, well, this was when we didn't do the meeting until we had a date set by Massachusetts of That's when true. we were yeah. going to be able to reopen. So I believe that was in June in uh, the middle, or July. It was July. July. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had the date when we could reopen. And so we were like, OK, this is the time to make, th- make this change and like just make it clean and and give everybody like the choice of basically either coming on board into this new small group training model, which we would only be doing for month-to-month contracts because we knew that nobody wanted to sign an annual contract right now because <laughs> yeah. nobody, everything's changing every week. So month-to-month contracts in the small group training model or you could get out of your contract, your current contract. We just felt like that was the, the right thing to do by our members. Um, they, had, they had been so, you know patient as we as they kind of waited for things to turn back to normal and obviously they hadn't yet and so we just figured this was our best chance of getting people making sure that people felt happy and felt good about the product that they were receiving and giving people the opportunity if they really didn't feel happy anymore to get out of it because we just felt at that point like we just didn't want people to feel forced to do something that they weren't utilizing or that they weren't enjoying yeah totally um and then <laughs> we, we had a very special circumstance in our one city, right? Do you want yeah. to explain that situation? Yeah. So we had gone over all of this and everybody. And so on the, you know, the day before June, July 1st or whenever it was supposed to be, I had myself and our manager, Hannah, spent like, you know, two days time, yep. just transferring memberships. So canceling current contracts and starting new contracts and having them ready to go to start uh, at this next that date um and then that morning or it was i guess the weekend before like the friday before we were supposed to open our city sent out an email saying that gyms would not be able to open for at least another two weeks yeah and we were like when that doesn't sound i guess so bad when you don't understand like how money flow <laughs> works <laughs> but two weeks of no payments because yeah. we had just canceled all of our contracts and how are we supposed to then start this new contract for somebody when it wasn't actually happening was brutal yeah because we i mean we made it until that point with about 20 percent of our income lost because we lost about 20 percent of our members or at least 20 <clears throat> percent froze or you know stuff like that yeah. um, and we were able to make it up with all of our products and Lauren teaching all those classes, our on-demand membership. And so we were able to make that up. It wasn't easy, but we were able to make it through. Um, once that was, once we realized that we were going to be basically shut down for an additional two weeks and possibly longer, we started to really basically panic, yeah. right? Because we were like, yeah. we, we don't have much more to give. Like that was, that was like the most output that we could have managed for a three-month period. And like at this point, at that point, people were anxious to get back to the gym and and every town surrounding us was opening. So yeah. people could very easily, and thankfully, like, I mean, some people did, but most of our members kind of stuck with us and, you know, they've been loyal to us. But there were people who were like, you know, I'm, I need, I really want to go to a gym. And they went to Cambridge or they went to Boston. They went yeah. to a, a surrounding town, yeah. which totally makes sense. We totally get it. So that happened. You know, I think what they ended up doing was, and this was the most frustrating part of the whole thing, because it was like, okay, if you want to be 
you know, extra safe in that regard, then fine. But just give us data and just communicate with us. And communicate with us, Right? It's like, okay, what data metrics are you looking at? And we'll look at those too. And then we both have a realistic expectation of, you know, when we can move forward. But without any sort of idea of what data that they were looking at and without any communication became really tough. And so every two weeks, we would just hold our breath and be like, are we opening this week? And our team was like, are we opening this week? Like, what's our (laughs) schedule like? And it, it... they eventually opened this up seven weeks later. And so you can imagine with each one, it was like heartbreaking. And during that time, I mean, we, we, we had NBC news crews, ABC (laughs) news crews, like they were coming in all over the place um, to basically interview us because Somerville was literally the only city in Massachusetts to do that. Maybe even along the Northeast coast. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty wild. And yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, it, we did a couple interviews with the news, and then after the the second one, where they just basically took the one clip where I cried, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be exploited for my sadness. Like, it was hard, but this like this is real. This is real. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, that was frustrating for sure. Um, you know, I think at that point we had to really kind of sit down with the team and be like, do we want to continue to push forward right now? Because this is. This is this is getting like really hairy at this point, um, and the team was basically like, "We got this. We can rally through this. We can make it through." And we're like, "Okay, let's let's put our thinking caps on and give it another go." Um, so at that point, we were able to do outdoor classes. Uh, at least Somerville gave us uh, a few nights a week where we could run that um, at a fee, but we were still <laughs> able to run those. So our team took on outdoor classes. They took on personal training sessions. Yep. Um, Laura and I crafted uh, what we call the all-in challenge, um, which um, we, which was very successful actually. And it was, it was pretty awesome because yeah. we are our virtual classes. Um, basically what the all-in challenge was six weeks of three virtual classes per week. You had your own accountability coach and you had um, on-demand access. Oh yeah, on, uh, unlimited access to all of our on-demand classes. Basically, a bunch of stuff to get kickback started with a fitness regimen. If you have found that working out during COVID times was difficult, yeah, right, yeah. And so that's the solution that we came up with. It was very popular. It was very successful. Um, it was time-consuming for our team and both our uh, Lauren and myself as well to advertise and fulfill all of it. Um, but we just we just felt really good about. The service because it just felt awesome <laughs> and it bridged it bridged the gap for us for when massachusetts closed to yes. when i mean when massachusetts opened to when our town was able to open yeah um but yeah it was such an <clears throat> awesome experience and i think our coaches got a lot out of it too because they got to get back to some more of that like like new energy and yeah. revitalized uh energy so yeah it was that was really cool so we were doing all that and then all throughout that that time we were just navigating the whole gym reopening process as well so we knew at some point we were going to open right so (laughs) um and so we eventually were able to open um september like after labor day right after labor day right after labor day so we started our small group training classes at that point um and it's not like you open up small group training and now they're full right so we had to advertise we created new challenges for that and we were creating promotional uh uh, materials to advertise you know all around the area but it's 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 tough because people have um you know conceptions about what a gym looks like and if they could only see our space which was six people in six thousand square feet all with masks and all in their own pods um you know i think they would 
see how safe it was, but it was just it was tough at that time. And you're asking people to start working out during midway through the pandemic when it was during like school was starting was starting to open back up and it was just tough and cases were actually starting to go up at this point that we were allowed yeah. to open which made zero sense zero sense but... like it's like okay you, you can open now the cases are starting to double <laughs> um and then um where was i going with that well anyway it was it was just a lot a lot a big to do about that situation <laughs> Um, and so at that point, we're like, okay, we can open. We can finally open. Let's just, I think we can make it till the end of the year and we should be good by that point. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, if you've been following along this whole time, it's like, make it for the first two weeks in March, make it till midsummer, make it until the fall, make it until the end of the year. And at this point, what we're trying to recoup are, uh, we were losing about 80% of our income per month. And it's like, we were throwing everything at the wall to try to, make ends meet to try to keep our uh team together to try to uh not go into debt and stuff like that um but it was it was obviously really draining and really stressful um we were able to somehow a a small gym like ours were able to keep our gym uh, our team fully employed until um basically the end of uh december right when we had to actually let our part-timers go which was another heartbreaking decision Brutal. that we yeah. uh, that we had to that we had to make but at that point we were taking in so many losses that um, it was just was no longer viable but i guess the whole f- primary focus was for us throughout this whole time was number one safety for both our team members and for the community and for our members in general um, and then it was our team. We were just trying to make sure that their well-being was taken care of, um, both financially and we also wanted to be very communicative throughout the whole process because throughout this whole thing, we, we, we just wanted to make sure that they knew exactly what we were doing, what we were planning moving forward, and how they fit into each of those roles. And we just wanted to make sure that they were prioritized throughout all this because we wanted to get out on the other side with them knowing that, we did everything that we could, basically. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot to it. Um, and then things were, you know, going along. Again, we were losing money for a few months there from September, October, November. And this whole time we're trying to uh, either create new products or advertise the ones that we already have, figuring out the in-person gym services. We were just spread so thin on so many different levels. And then Somerville hits us again, Somerville and this time Boston joined in, of closing down fitness facilities and pushing back to phase two for three weeks. Yeah, Right. an initial three weeks. An initial three weeks. Do (laughs) you want to talk about that process? Yeah, so that was, I guess that was just before, was it December, mid-December? That was mid-December. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, And so... Yeah, they just made an announcement. And so the, the I guess the wild part about this was um, we didn't even know that it was coming. And we actually had a member send us an article oh, right. that said, um, just so you know, Boston's closing down gyms. And they mentioned Somerville was, too. <laughs> And so we looked at the we looked at the article. There was a video of the mayor of Boston saying that alongside Somerville and one other town, I think they were going to be rolling back to phase two because of cases being high. Um and at that point, like, they had kept pushing stuff. Massachusetts had kept pushing to, like, 40% capacity and then 25% capacity. And we were like, you can take us down to 5% capacity because <laughs> we're only having six, six people, people in our massive building. Um, so we weren't worried about that. And then 
yeah, we found out through a Boston Globe article that we would be getting closed down on Wednesday, and that was on a Monday. Yeah. And we were like, what? So we were calling the city. I was like frantically making phone calls, and finally I got somebody on the phone who said, yeah, sorry, that's not the way we were hoping that you would hear. Uh, we were planning on getting something out to you today. And but yes, you're going to be closed back down on Wednesday. We were like, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, it was my birthday. Yeah. It was on my. It was birthday. on your birthday. Yeah, I was actually getting my hair cut at the time. <laughs> yeah. And my barber told me, and I was like, what are you talking about? And then my phone was blowing up. And it was it was just like a like again communication. It's like just let us know and let us know the data that you're tracking. Yeah. Um. Once that happened, we were like, okay, it's not going to be for three weeks. Cases are still going up. And it's most likely going to be... it's about to be Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, it just wasn't happening. And, um, you know, I think the f- thing that we were frustrated about when that happened was the lack of data to support that gyms were actually to spread. Yeah. It was more homes, uh, home homes. gatherings yeah. and, you know, friend gatherings and whatnot. And another component was that they weren't pushing back restaurants. So you could do indoor dining without a mask inside a building. Up to but, eight people at a table. But you couldn't do fitness with a mask spaced out 14 14 feet feet apart apart, yeah so it was just there was a lot of frustration around that and like this whole time we had been really we tried to be really understanding about safety precautions of course we thought would be were the number one priority and so we always felt that if if there and especially in the beginning there was no data to tell us if um gyms were spreading it or not so we were like we want to be closed like we don't want to be contributing to anybody getting really sick like we close us down but this time there was very clear evidence. New York mayor had just put out a whole thing about like listing out the different businesses and the different ways that this was spreading. And gyms were like 0.01% of the spread or something. And so even he, even the New York mayor said gyms can stay open. So when this happened, it felt so much like a, a move to show that they were doing something, but just basically we were collateral damage. Yeah, exactly. It's like which industries have the least amount of pull and gyms happen to be it. Restaurants happen to have a lot of pull, especially in Somerville. And yeah, it was yeah. A, it was all optics basically. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we, we digress so, about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, so yeah, I mean, then we were just used to this at this point. So I think we were like, okay, like we didn't even hesitate. We we're like, we'll take SGT virtual. So the exact same program that we've been doing, we're just going to loan out a heavy piece of equipment and a light piece of equipment to every single person who's on our small group training membership. They can take it home with them. We'll, we'll run the same sessions at the same time that we were running them, but we'll modify it so that there's no barbell. So now it's kettlebells and dumbbells that they, that we gave them. So they have it at home. And that transition went pretty well. Like most yeah. people stayed on to do that. Yeah. At this point, everyone was adaptable. Our team was like, oh, this is like nothing. Like, yeah. let's, let's, let's keep going. Um, but at that point, again, we were losing about <clears throat> 80% of our income. And our, um, our accountant was basically saying that, yes, a lot of these different services that you're offering are bringing in money, but they're, they're, the margins are lower on some of the products. Like, just basically take a deeper look into where you can start to cut different services because we need to consolidate a little bit and just remove some of the cash that's kind of leaking out because of all the closures and all that. And so, and that's when we realized that our virtual membership, which was great and, you know, people were really enjoying, we realized that the margins were difficult on that because of 
um, how many classes we had to offer to accommodate all the different time zones that we were trying to offer the classes with. Um, we also just, there's a lot of logistics of creating a class curriculum, having multiple meetings throughout the month to make sure that everyone knew what they were doing, um, setting up playlists, and just making sure that everything was up to speed. It was just, there was just a lot of stuff that went along with creating a successful virtual membership. And we eventually decided that we had to let that go, unfortunately, which meant that a lot of our part-timers or our part-time crew um, had to be let go as well. Yeah. So that's when we made that difficult decision because we just had to cut down on, on, on just costs. on cost basically. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first big kind of uh, decision that we had to make in terms of really radically removing something from the business. And that was right before the holidays. I yeah. think it was the 21st of December. Yeah. And at that point, we were like, okay, we made that decision. Let's just take this week, the the holidays, to try to just try to regroup and figure things out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that for the first time, what we did was like, we weren't in the gym for a week. We yeah. weren't running classes for a week. Like it was, it was over the holidays. We were with, actually, we weren't with family because Kendrick had a oh, yeah. COVID case at daycare. So we were just literally the two of us. So we, and, and Kendrick. And so we just had a lot of time to take a step back and look at the bigger picture because for so long we had just been looking two weeks ahead, right? Yep. And just been convincing ourselves that we could make it. And we could. And that was the reality is we kept proving to ourselves that we could get there, but we didn't realize how mentally and emotionally and physically exhausted we were (laughs) until we finally took that step back and then also tried to project how long was this really going to be and when are gyms going to be back to full capacity because we have a team who's been with us for three four and five years our our leadership and six years our, our leadership team and they are used to a certain salary and they're they're used to a certain level of work and how long is it going to be until we can get them there yeah and how long is it going to be until jason and i can have a savings again and (laughs) you know like there were some serious questions that we started to ask ourselves um that started to make things a little bit more clear yeah it's like yeah we were it's not an exaggeration when we were working 12 to 14 to 16 hour days just to uh, barely scrape by basically. And it was like, this is, this is just obviously unsustainable, uh, but we were sustaining it for the last year or so. (laughs) But I think that sort of reflection period was like, okay, do we want to do this? Yeah, exactly. Instead of, can we do this? It was, do we want to do this? And I think if we were to kind of rewind the tape and, if we were put in the same exact situation when we were 27, 28, 29, you know, earlier on in our business careers, I think we would have made the decision, the hard-headed decision, be like, no, we can do we this. Can do we, this. We, 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 we can battle through. We've battled through the whole, the past year. We can do it again and we can keep doing it. And I think we have obviously matured in terms of our just sort of overall business acumen and kind of how we look at things, uh, but also just having a family. Mm-hmm. I think that was, a, that was a big deal for us. And then just trying to, yeah, factor in like, okay, we need to we need to have an actual like savings, savings. to fall back <laughs> on. We need to think about buying a house in the near future. We need to just think about things that are family oriented, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was the main um the main impetus to, for us to kind of just take a step back and be like, okay, 
is there is there an opening right now for us to just basically cut our losses, um, or do we want to continue this until fall of 2021, or more more than likely spring of 2022 when things actually maybe return back to normal? <laughs> yeah. And so at that point, we're like, you know, I think we need to cut our losses. Yeah. So that was it. Lauren's getting emotional right now. Yeah, I can't talk <laughs> because I'm my eyes are welling up. <laughs> but yeah, so that was tough. Um, telling the team was tough, obviously. Telling the members was tough, <laughs> and then finally we told uh, the the rest of the world <laughs> through Instagram and all that. So that's kind of all of our backstory, I guess. It took forty five minutes to get there, but oh hopefully gives you some context too what led to all of this yeah yeah some there were so many comments on instagram that were like why did you close (laughs) and i was like wow that's what a question (laughs) you know like there there are just too many aspects to even say that there's a reason we closed Um, yeah but we are now very hopeful yeah you know obviously we are sentimental and sad and just uh you know remembering all the good times but we're also super hopeful and just overall relieved as well. Yeah. Like any small business owner out there, you know how much overhead goes into running a brick and mortar facility. And we're like, oh, we don't, we won't have that moving forward. We won't have 6,000 square feet of responsibilities, of utilities, of all that sort of stuff that goes into running a brick and mortar operation. We won't have that, um, at least for a little bit. Um, and now we can just kind of regroup and consolidate our efforts rather than working 14, 16 hours on 45 different projects, we can kind of consolidate our efforts. And, you know, maybe we will probably still end up working just as hard, but it'll be more focused and hopefully with better output. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, are, like, even still recently, so many people are asking, what's the difference between Rise and On Demand? Yeah. And those are like the two services that we've been doing now throughout the pandemic. I mean, Rise started even before, but we never even were able to like talk about them in a focused way because we were also trying to market SGT and we were also trying to sell virtual class packs and, and like they're just like, class and packs. outdoor classes like we never were able to focus on the things that were actually making us money yeah. um, because we were just being pulled in so many different so many different directions and so now what we can actually have happen is that our online businesses are, we're no longer putting the profits of our online businesses toward a a closed, empty facility. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a tough pill to swallow because those online services we're actually doing and are still continuing to do very, very well, well, and all of it, like a hundred percent, was getting funneled into just expenses from the business. Yeah, and it's you know it's that takes a toll after a year and a half of just all out. Effort. <laughs> effort and activity and all that. Um, but now we're here and we're going to be moving forward. Our big three focuses moving forward are, number one, enhancing rise and on-demand. Um, now that we have the headspace to actually do so, um, we already think that they're actually pretty solid products to begin with, yeah. um, which we're really happy about. Um, but we know that there are ways that we can improve the experience even more and make things um, you know, even more seamless um, for, for folks who are on those two platforms. Um, number two is going to be really diving back into social media. Um, obviously, we have a fairly decently sized following on Instagram, but for the amount of followers that we have, 
we spent like zero time on creating content. It was probably about three hours per week at the most creating content for Instagram. And it's just like, it, it, it's, it's just not an intelligent move to spend that little time. On, on something that's going very well. Yeah, exactly. That, where we actually have a platform on. So we're excited to actually have the creative space to create new content, new videos, new posts and all that for Instagram. And not only that, go into YouTube as well. Now that we have some more time, we can actually create longer form content where we dive deeper into a lot of these um, topics that we um, cover on the podcast. Um, but I just didn't have the the time basically to edit longer form videos. And the podcast was great for us to dive deeper on some of these pod, uh, topics. But um, YouTube... Sometimes you need a visual. Yeah, so YouTube was one of those things that we've always been regretful that we haven't really... Um, uh, really gone into. So YouTube, podcast, Instagram are going to be big uh, uh, focuses for us moving forward. And then finally, Achieve Mentors. Achieve Mentors is our a branch of our company that is dedicated towards education for other personal trainers and fitness professionals. Um, this part is really important for us because Lauren and I, we would not be where we are if we hadn't had influential um, and positive mentorship throughout our careers, right? So we've had some key pivotal figures that have kind of guided us in the right direction in terms of education and uh, overall um, career life advice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we just want to be able to uh, put that forward, especially being able to talk to other fitness professionals in more nuanced ways is is, is a lot of fun because we kind of stick to more um, surface level things on Instagram and our social media because of the nature of the platform. And by really diving deep, it's just like, it's just fun to collaborate with other personal trainers. So we're going to be having some renewed focus on Achieve Mentors. So those are our three big projects. Now we can say that we can we can say it in three different points, which we could not have done uh, last year. We'd have had to give you 18 different priorities. It would priorities. have been another 45-minute podcast on all the different things we were offering. So, but yeah, we are, we are, we cherish the memories that we had, but we're also relieved and hopeful for the future yeah yeah so many of our members when they when we sent the email like were so sad and devastated but also in the same breath in the same sentence said i hope this provides you some relief yeah i think people started to realize that it it was just it was just too much (laughs) it was a lot it was was just too much so i i think that everyone understood um but everyone's sad too and we're sad i mean the community that we created was really special. Yeah. Um, darn it. Getting too <laughs> emotional. So anyway, we're going to miss it, but we are very excited for all of the things that the future holds. All the things ahead. Yeah. All right. Well, well, one chapter closing and another one beginning. We're excited. It's a good <laughs> thing. Don't let my tears make you think any, any other way. <laughs> all right, y'all. Until next time. Sweat out. Happiness in. <laughs>